experience one of the most highly anticipated anime films. Millennium Actress, from the director of Perfect Blue, Satoshi Kon, comes the story of a legendary actress, the mystery of her past, and the search for the key that will unlock a lifelong secret. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Me and My Dad Watch Anime, where we're just doing this for the thrill of the chase. My name is Drew, and I'm here with my dad, David. And this week, we watched Satoshi Kon's sophomore follow-up, Millennium Actress. But before we get into the show, let's let the people know. Dad, what are we under the influence of? We, well, at least I am, <clears throat> under the influence of a Kendall Jackson 2018 Cabernet. Nice. Perfect. And, you, uh, should, you need a, a wine Instagram at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uploaded for the pod. Little Wayne would be proud. Maybe we can get him on the podcast. So. <laughs> I mean, he's taking money from Trump to just say whatever, so he hey, might little, as well come on our pod. Little Wayne's a fa- fan of anime? Uh, he probably is there. There's, there's a strong chance that he's seen an anime film at least once or twice. Nice. <laughs> Glad we're getting that out of the way. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're watching. Well, we watched Satoshi Khan's millennium actress. What is this? Our, our third, uh, Satoshi Khan. Yes. Our third. So he might be I, tied. Gonna... I think with Miyazaki. Yes, but I am going on the record uh, to say this is his masterpiece. Wow. Out of yeah. the jump, you're already saying uh, this is his best. Yes. You don't want to give uh, Tokyo Godfathers a chance? You don't think that could take the top spot? No, it could. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is not. a masterpiece of a th- anime. Wow. So it had a strong impression on you. That's awesome. Yes, it did. What a <laughs> just so lighthearted. Yeah, I feel changed. You sound yeah. like me after I read the Brothers Karamazov. <laughs> Dad, what can you tell me about this uh, this movie? Well, it had a ninety three percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Great, and uh, won a lot of awards, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also one of the last major uh, animated films that was done with um, traditional, you know, painted on traditional cells. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess at this point, everybody was doing, you know, digital and computer animation. And I found it interesting that it had a budget of 1.2 million. Now, in comparison to Spirited Away, which was like six, I think it was 16 or 18 million. And uh, I thought that was remarkable because uh, I thought the the whole production, you know, was great, you know, considering that it was so, you know, they really didn't have a large budget to do this movie. And I mean, so that's Joshi pretty Khan much... Satoshi always known what to do with a little money. Yeah. So go on, I'm sorry. Impressive. And uh, it was also promoted by the studio... As a contender for the twenty um, or two thousand and three Academy Awards, mm-hmm. which was the year that Spirited Away won the Academy Award, 
and uh, I'd like to get into that a little later. <laughs> oh, are we just going to relitigate the 2003 yeah. uh, Oscars? Shit, Absolutely. Dude. I didn't know if it was that type of podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Academy's well, going to come under. I know we're not maybe a, uh, a podcast for the Academy, but we are a podcast for the people. Yes. And that's why we're, we're dipping in to the grunge and revelry of the letterbox reviews we're getting down to the the nitty-gritty and the worst this is a strong half star by uh pencil dick on january oh my oh, god they... it, is it p incel dick oh that's that's <laughs> that's a better reading of it <laughs> yeah p, uh, Pince, the incels pencil. are all over letterbox this is at least, they're, uh, at least they're getting called out I mean, they're kind of in Satoshi Kon's movies too. We're all just part of this big. Oh well, and then look system. at it, how what is his uh, review is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, on January four twenty, January first four twenty. Happy New Year! I am a fully grown adult, and I still watch anime. Thank you, P. Incel, P. Dick, Incel for, Dick, for writing our description on Spotify for our podcast. I am also a full grown <laughs> adult. Yeah, we should not we should cop that, but not an insult. <clears throat> no, not yet. Uh, one star by <laughs> Harry Sun, October twenty nineteen. Can't wait to watch an anime that doesn't portray romance as hawkish and patriarchal. Uh, well, sure, we're we're just getting right down. It's turned more right wing in this movie. We got to get the patriarch, the mawkishness. We're we're tuning it up. Uh, we have a star and a half from Morgan on August twenty twenty. Nolan's a weeb, and it's a cute little monkey with its hands over its eyes. Nolan's a weeb? It's, you know, I wouldn't actually even be able to tell you what weeb really kind of means, but I, I understand it to mean that you like anime. So Nolan's like a geeky little anime boy. <laughs> Fanboy. Fangirling over Satoshi Kon. Okay. Uh, another star and a half from Wen Mang on June 2020. Saving grace of the film, the dude the girl quote-unquote loves is voiced by Spike Spiegel's VA. Otherwise, it was pretty nah. Uh, I just love Spike Spiegel. I, I think that was uh, something that maybe we have to dip into with Cowboy Bebop. That was uh, where he, you know, shined, obviously. <laughs> but that's okay. neither here nor there. I have a lot of... I have Obviously. some explaining to do, is what I'm yeah. trying to say. I have some explaining uh, yeah, to do with a lot of this. <laughs> I don't understand document. the Spike Spiegel, so. Uh, well, listen, Dad. I've spent a long day putting together this uh, this document, and I am all over the place. So I'm going to run through these, and I'll okay. get to that when you see my later other okay. bullshit. Uh, star and a half for uh, from Emerson on June 2020. Perfect Blue's Ugly Sister. Another star and a half from... Hal Joe Fua, The La La Land of Japan, star and a half from Garrett Baker. I watched this a couple hours ago and I could barely remember anything that happened. That's pretty pertinent for me. Uh, quick quarantine diary from David Portilla, two and a half stars, day 171. One of the most visually invigorating animated films I've ever seen, only compared to other Satoshi Kon projects. Sadly, the story, characters, and its motivations are so thin and superficial that made the viewing experience so frustrating. That's not a, a completely bad review by Dave. He has some points with the motivation that I want to address. 
Uh, next review, two and a half stars from Chino, June 2020. All her motivation was for a man. Feminists hate Millennium Actress. They're out there waving their banners, shaking their fists. They're glad Satoshi's gone. Uh, <laughs> I can I can see that. He's got he's got some some mean letters in the in the mail. I don't think he's gonna get away from <laughs> all the hate mail. Uh, let's end it strong with three stars from Turquoise Yoshi on August 2020. Imagine if it was called the Millennial Actress and she drank Starbucks and ate avocado toast. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, we we just need a movie for our generation, man. This is just not it, but we're we're still waiting for it. And the Starbucks and the avocado toaster. Maybe right there. Maybe something we can put in the spotlight if it's not going to be uh, <laughs> part of this movie. Either that or that's the, the new live action. We will change it up to millennial. We could. We could definitely try to adapt this in such a way. Dad, what do you want to shout out? Obviously, there's a lot of uh, haters out there that probably wouldn't go see the movie if uh, it was made as a live action, right? You're saying There's no good nasty haters. Those no good nasty Tolmikians. We, they won't let us fucking put the movie out that we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta show me what your spotlight's pointing at. I see you have a, a couple of good ones here. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start off with the Academy Awards. Okay. Um you know, they tried to get it nominated, and this was the year that uh, Spirit Away won. Yep. And um, I think so. Satoshi Khan got robbed. Um, I think at least Rob he should. Have, yeah. Well, and I think he at least should have been nominated. And I honestly think he could have maybe taken it. I wow. think because I think Lassiter was behind. You know the the whole spirit away. It was sort of. I think Miyazaki. there was some dirty, dirty Disney money. Oh, absolutely. They were trying to cover up some sexual assault from John Lasseter. <laughs> Either that or well, who knows. You know, now that I've heard that there's, well, no, this is back in what, 2000 and Yeah, the timelines don't necessarily match up, but yeah. it's a subplot. Yeah. But uh, I might have given it to, uh, you know. Wow. Satoshi, yeah. You also have a couple other beats you wanted to hit off. I really yeah. To... Um, Satoshi Khan is the the master of the story in a story. He uh, eat your heart out, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this this particular movie really uh, impressed me. Wow! Just the way that he that the whole direction, the story, I thought it was excellent. The weaving in of the reporters. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it still has this weird surreal, like, you know, you know, why are they in the, the picture? But mm -hmm. um, I thought it added a, a cool element to the whole thing. I mean, it's, it was quite a, it was quite, quite an experience for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're a change yeah, it's my, I, I would have to say that's my favorite so far. Wow. Maybe yeah. that's going to come up when our, our own personal Rushmore's are uh, made public to the world. <laughs> yes. When we relitigate our own podcast, which we aren't already doing all the time. I'm going to say right now it's number one with a bullet. Wow. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> number one with a bullet. All right. We'll, we'll keep that on there. We'll hold you to that. 
I do have a couple of things I want to shine a spotlight on. This is a, an incredible reverse of the the recurring simp nature of some of these characters that we're, we're looking into. And she, let's be honest, she probably knows the guy for two hours, three at the most, doesn't know this man's name, doesn't even know where the fuck he's talking about when he's talking about going somewhere. How is she in love with him? She's oh wait, 13, 14 years old. This man is probably like 23 talking about seeing his soldier friends in Manchuria as he paints his painting for this 13 year old. I mean, it's a different time, but come on. Why, why, why she had to have met somebody. No, but I just (laughs) No, Chiyoko would never love anybody else. No, well, it's just a plot device, obviously. The key, I mean, I think the key is somehow has some powers, you know, and maybe that. I I don't think you're wrong. I mean, the key in terms of just like motivation purposes, it's all there. But as a rational person. No, of course. (laughs) But you notice that when she loses the key, then she loses that, you know, her fixation on him. Yeah. That's because she did marry that guy. Yeah. She marries the director. And then all of a sudden she, the key comes back. She finds the key and it restarts this whole obsession that she has with finding him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, the psychology is there. I definitely understand. She's just an eccentric. She, that's why she became a, a recluse out in the woods which was my second point was just, you know, you got to love, you got to love a recluse. I have a a secret obsession with genius recluses. Anybody who is, you know, from your Ted Kaczynski's to your Thomas Pinchon's, anybody who's just out there being smart and hiding away is a, is a fan of me, (laughs) (laughs) which goes directly into my next point is that fanboys can be friends. If you know, I, I'm not trying to like you know personally talk to Thomas Pinchon, but if you ever want to chill, I'm down to I'm down to drink and smoke pot. I know that's something you like to do. Uh, also, Genya's got a real savior complex. He uh, has just a very complicated relationship with this woman. And well, he's in his, love with her. But you know, you can only ask one type of crazy love story in a movie. Where I, if I want to buy Chiyoko. In her love story, do I also have to believe that Genya is doing this out of the the purity of his heart? Maybe I'm too cynical. Maybe quarantine in the COVID. Yeah, you obviously have a cynical look at this movie. Totally, Uh, probably opposite of mine. Hey, somebody needs to be the one who is calling out the cracks. And I like this movie. I really do. I liked it so much that I also noticed that it was very similar to the ending of Interstellar. If it was just reversed, you know, Anne Hathaway is on the planet and uh, Matthew McConaughey has to go find her at the end. Right. I interpret this as Christopher Nolan saw this instantly thought Anne Hathaway is this other girl. So that he's like, what happens if I made it a man and I had him go and get her? No, maybe. No, I, yeah, I, uh, good observation. (laughs) Okay, perfect. I'm glad I'm getting the the bare minimum of your support. <laughs> you're you're on the defensive. You're you're trying to protect your your favorite movie now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, what's your takeaway? What's your, your lesson that you want to pull from this? Yeah, my biggest takeaway was sometimes it's just the thrill of the chase. Which I resonate with. The thrill of the chase is the reason why I do half the things I do. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just a dog chasing cars. Yeah. My, uh, my takeaway was that you just got to let love come to you. Even if that means they have to track you down across the globe, the love of your life is in deathly pursuit of you. That's what you got to believe that they're fucking desperate to find you. And that, uh, that, that should warm your heart at night. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I guess also if you can disappear into the country and live, live your life off old merits and dreams and uh, don't drink tea from a ghost. <laughs> don't drink tea from a ghost. <laughs> that seems pretty self-explanatory. You think you would know that uh, implicitly, especially if they're appearing to you in a battle sequence, but that's neither here nor there. That's more for the screenwriter of that movie. Also, uh, beware your co-stars. Yeah, or You're your director. Jealous. Yes. Who might be just trying to fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of things you can take, a lot of a lot of truths maybe that you can form from this movie. But really what I'm trying to show you is the lies of the world, Dad. I'm trying to sour your mood. I'm trying to make you hate this movie. I'm trying to lie to you. But there is one truth. That's why we're playing three lies and a truth. Dad, are you ready? Yep. Are you prepared to redeem yourself after what I believe was another bad performance? I really can't even keep counting anymore. I know. I can't uh, pull off the the Tom Brady uh, over forty thing, but uh, no, you're eating yeah. tomatoes. You're yeah. fucking. <laughs> you're got nightshades <laughs> in your body. You're not gonna survive. I'm right, also drinking wine, so I I think that might have something to do with it. Hey, LeBron James is the greatest athlete of all time, and he drinks wine all the time. So yeah, who's to yeah. say? I'm not saying I'm built like LeBron James, but I'm not saying I'm not. Well, I have, hope. I, have, I have hope now. <laughs> All right. In an interview with Maxim Tokyo following the film's release, director Satoshi Kon explained his preference for female protagonists with a surprising answer. I like women, love them truly, but I really don't understand them. The women I write are the women I have loved in my own life or fantasies of women I have loved in my head. I hope to learn from the women I write in my stories so one day I can be a good partner to a wife I have yet to meet. Second entry. While Khan had little to do with the minor releases of the film in the United States, Khan had gone on record about his distaste of the DVD cover art. In an interview with Anime News Network, Satoshi Khan said, the DVD jacket illustration was changed by the DreamWorks management. And honestly, I think it doesn't really match the story of the film. It sabotages the culture of the film, I think. To put it bluntly, what the hell? Uh, third entry. Being that the Millennium Actress was, or excuse me, being that Millennium Actress was released in 2001, one would expect there to have been a proper English dub by the, uh, the film by now. But for the last 18 years, Satoshi Kon and his estate have been blocking the release. Till his death and subsequently after the members of the, uh, of the Satoshi Kon estate have outright banned the DVD and digital sales of a previously unauthorized dub of the film. 
Satoshi Kon believed that Millennium Actress is a movie about Japan and should always be heard in Japan. In the final entry. In the weeks preceding Satoshi Kon's passing, word was leaked to the public that the director, who had taken to living at home, was terminally ill. Superfans of Kon's work, traveling from all across to, uh, Japan, reportedly tracked down Kon's address and arrived in pairs, dressed as Genya and Koji, and interviewed Kon more than 100 times. The interviews were subsequently compiled into a documentary that captured the last days of the director's life. Dad, which one of these is a lie? I think the last one, uh, if he was ready to pass, he would not, oh, how many, you said a hundred times <laughs> interviewed him? No, I don't believe that. No. Yeah, I honestly had that even fucking more of a lie. I had stitched in the death of Tolstoy as uh, Cohn's personal death. So I was really winging it with that one. Uh, but yeah, that's correct. That is a lie. You have three left. The second choice is usually where you, you take a fall, but <laughs> we, can, we can start strong or continue to go strong. What do you think is Um these other ones all seem probable. <laughs> Maxim Tokyo. Uh, I'm going to say the first one. I don't think he was in an interview with Maxim Tokyo about women. Yep. That is a, that is a lie. That's good. Excellent. So there's two left. You have the DVD jacket disgruntlement or the Satoshi Kona state blocking a proper English dub. Which one do you think is the lie and the truth? Uh, I actually think I might have seen something about the DVD jacket illustration. And it wouldn't surprise me that uh, DreamWorks would screw it up. So I'm going to say it's the being uh, the English dub. That one's a lie. I mean... Yeah, that one's a lie. The English dub is a lie. Yeah. Dad, you won. <laughs> yes! Hell yeah. That's a strong fucking start. Yeah. You got on the bus. They kept you on a starter. That was the, the decision whether you were going to get benched or you were going to play. Were you just, paying attention? I just to came field? out. We took the ball. I drove the freaking length of the field, and we scored. First okay. Position. First possession. Now we're heading into uh, were you paying attention? Let's see if we can keep the ball rolling. Maybe we can beat this uh, this Texas defense if the, the Patriots can't. <laughs> okay. What year was Chioko born? Is it A, 1917, B, 1931, C, 1909, or D, 1923? See if I can reason this out. There is some math involved with some of these other questions. Oh, really? Well, not really. Well, kind of. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to say 1931. 1931? Yeah. You tripped on your shoelaces. You fell down. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not. It was uh, 1923. <sighs> and the big, I want to say, Kanto earthquake. 
It's okay though. Right. I might have even got that explanation wrong. <laughs> well, I was uh, thinking that she was she witnessed World War Two. Uh-huh. Or you know. So I was thinking she would have been what, fourteen or so, but I guess mm-hmm. obviously she was older. All right, yeah. next one. <laughs> Keep it rolling. <laughs> Last call on the Snow and Sky Express, which is the train Chioko is chasing after. It is on what platform? Is it A, platform C6, platform 12, platform 5A, or platform 9? Great. Um, Total guess. I'm going to say platform 5A. Platform 12. (laughs) Not only did you uh, you trip and fall, but you might have also fumbled a little bit. We did keep the ball back, but we're we're heading into halftime after just losing 15 yards on a bad snap. <laughs> what a things start. are looking good. Yeah, and to be completely transparent, we've been having a few technical difficulties, and it's completely changed your mood, which I love. We started this being so positive, and now you're <laughs> surly and pissed. <laughs> We gotta use that energy. We gotta use. We gotta use that energy to uh, drive down the field, redeem yourself, get us to at least five hundred. I got. I got to get my head back in a game. (laughs) Put the put the fucking towel over your head for a second. I think I took a shot to the head. (laughs) Oh Jesus! Yeah, a concussion is just being a little irritated. I'm in the tent. Fuck. All right. Laid out on Chioko's coffee table is an arrangement of magazines. How many magazines are there? Is it A, 9, B, 10, C, 11, or D, 12? Man, you're not making this easy. There's no way I would start counting the magazines on the coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> I should know better, though. Um, well, she's got nothing better to do, so I'm going to say there's 12 because she's that's... It's 10. She's a little uh, more modest. All right. 12, she would be too, too narcissistic, but 10 is a little bit more reserved. Now we have a, a trio of questions about the earthquake, which I, uh, I can't believe I actually found. When Genya feels a tremor in the film room, we see a clock in the background. What time does the first tremor hit? Is it A, 5.45, B, 7.03, C, 619 or D812? I'm going to say 703. Nailed it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so remember that time because it's going to relate to the next two questions. Uh, okay. So as they enter Chioko's home, there is another shot of a clock. How long did it take them to get from the film room to her house? Is it A? One hour and 27 minutes. B, three hours and two minutes. C, two hours and 55 minutes. Or D, one hour and 59. How long was their road trip to Chioko's house? I'm going to say she's, you know, way out in the country. She's over Clues. So I'm going to say three hours. Took them a while to get there. Three hours and two minutes. So close. Two hours and fifty-five. It was, it was uh, nine. 
It was like 9.58, I think, when they got there. All right. That fire off. <laughs> final question. When the final earthquake hits and Chiyoko's body is failing, we are shown one last shot of a clock. How long were they at the house for the interview? Is it A, seven hours and 12 minutes? B, five hours and 44 minutes? C, eight hours and 39 minutes? Or D, six hours and 26 minutes? How long were Genya and the cameraman at Chiyoko's house for the interview? I'm going to say seven hours and 12 minutes. You banged it in. <laughs> yes! Yeah. That was good. I know some of these were just kind of guessing, but you were uh, you were guessing well. Well, hey, sometimes, you know, you get lucky. Every dog has his day. I'm just throwing them up. <laughs> well, now we can, uh, we can jump hit the balls, showers. But we're, we're getting them. <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're getting the balls that matter. Now that we had a, a good good game, we can actually cool off maybe with a little relief, not have to have this would-you-rather-be-so-emotionally-stressed-out uh, after losing a game. <laughs> But let's let's start it off easy. Would you rather live in a Truman Show-esque documentary show where your whole life is on display and you're trapped in that world or be a uh, paranoid Luddite recluse who thinks everyone is watching them but is completely free? Well, I, I'm going to... Uh, uh, I don't want to be a mental case that thinks everybody's <laughs> watching them. And if I'm in a Truman Show documentary, I'll probably throw it up on YouTube and make a lot of money. But you're like trapped in there is the thing. Like you are forced to live in this bubble with all these fake people. Not fake oh, people, but like. Oh, so, and I don't know it, obviously. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I didn't really think out whether it would be a complete ripoff of the German show yeah. feeling like you would know is almost worse. Like you have to continue living with these people pretending to live lives. Well, I guess we'd all have to depend on the people I'm living with, but uh, fair. I mean, they're all actors anyways. They're all millennium actors. I would have to think they're both almost the same. I mean, if I'm paranoid, a paranoid Luddite, um, I'm probably locked in my house anyways, but you might be a genius though. <laughs> that might be a genius yeah you can no, I'm gonna, I'm, you know hey whatever put it up on put display it, put it on I'm the telling show you, i mean i can make money off of it all right yeah i'm sure they could wire you some of the the ad money i think the 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 luddite is gonna be you know probably not long peeing, for this world you know he's gonna be peeing in the bottles and uh yeah gonna, a lot of know, bottle peeing when you're a yeah, luddite yeah he's gonna <laughs> You're going to be a Howard Hughes type dude, and it's going to be scary. You That's know, the thing long, I've always long loved about your hair. It's just going to be. It's going to be sad. The thing I've always loved about Luddites is the question of like, where do they cut it off? Like, some technology is obviously not good, like cars, maybe cell phones. But like, where do you draw the line? Is it plumbing? Is plumbing a technology? Paper? Are you going to say paper is not a technology you want to use? Yeah, well, that's for them to uh, worry about. I don't need to go there. I'll ask them at the gates. All right, question number two. Would you rather survive or try to survive a summer of air raids or a weekend with Godzilla? 
So you either have to withhold, try to keep your life together for a whole summer of enemy air raids, dropping bombs on your town or a single weekend with Godzilla coming out of the coastline and <laughs> wreaking havoc on the, on the side of the world. Yeah. Just for a weekend. Uh, so uh, let's say it's a long, like a Friday through Monday. Monday is when it leaves. <laughs> it's and Godzilla long. is just stomping everything. Um, yeah, no, shooting I'll, laser beams. Yeah, I mean the whole summer. That's gonna ruin the whole summer. I, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take my chances with Godzilla. I think I can uh, avoid it. I can avoid the, uh, the beams. Yeah, you just gotta go underground or something. Let Godzilla just. Where are you thing. gonna go underground? <laughs> In any building. Uh, it's going to be some kind of a basement. Godzilla is just going to, you know, be stomping, you know, knocking down buildings. I mean, hopefully you can get out after he's knocked down your building. But what is Godzilla's like end goal? Is that ever, does he just want to destroy shit? Is he mad I don't know. He's just a big lizard. He has no. Is Lady Godzilla buried in, on, in Japan and he's like mad that they're living on top of the grave? That's a good question. I don't know what uh, Godzilla's endgame was. But... <laughs> what his motivation was. Yeah. Maybe it was love. Well, Maybe I think Godzilla in the movies, he was love. always trying to, you know, lay eggs or something like that, wasn't he? I don't know. So he was trying to start a family. Yeah. He Godzilla doesn't know. He just man? like, he, we, we're ants to him. He just like, just yeah. stomping us and he has no care. The thoughts, the inner machinations of Godzilla. Why are they never really diving deep into that character? We're going to have to uh, bring it up with the Japanese. Uh, I'm sure they have a, a better handle on the uh, what Godzilla is all about. We'll just I remember watching it as a kid. Uh, I mean, there's like tons of different Godzilla movies, and they still are making them, which is amazing to me. They yeah. seem to always be failing, but somebody thinks they're going to make a better Godzilla movie. There's something exhilarating about big dinosaurs. Steven Steel, uh, Spielberg, <laughs> Spielberg just got everybody's hopes up with these dinosaur movies, but it was only good once. I mean, I think Godzilla rivals maybe even Batman. You know, everybody wants to make a new another Batman, but Godzilla, he just keeps. That's a hot back. take. Yeah, Godzilla is the Batman yeah. <laughs> of the uh, Japan crossover movies. You got it. All right. Would you be? Uh, would you rather be forced to run half a mile from any disagreement you have with any person? So let's say you get in some sort of argument or have a tense conversation. If you have a disagreement with them, you have to run a half a mile the other way, or you burst into tears anytime you watch a movie, hear about a movie, or think about a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like asshole and then i just start running <laughs> yeah yeah you always run away from your problems i guess i would just have to you know learn to be you know really agreeable <laughs> yeah, just be super leaf yeah very skinny gandhi-esque yeah that's perfect either that or if i just you know wanted to basically get in shape all i have to do is start going up to somebody and saying you're stupid <clears throat> But, that's yeah i mean who who knows maybe that's why the trolls do it all the trolls have six pack abs no one likes to talk about it <laughs> a half mile's not that bad either and yeah I, I guess it's only like anytime i watch a movie you know that's just that would be unenjoyable i mean inconvenient yeah, it, it just <laughs> i don't think i'd get a lot of dates movie dates obviously yeah yeah <laughs> a lot of movie dates <laughs> 
Trying to go to a mutated coronavirus. Yeah. So you want to go to the moon? Uh, would you rather be haunted by a ghost or live in complete isolation on the moon? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the the ghost. Really? Yeah. What do you? I mean, are you gonna? <laughs> ghosts can't do crap. I mean, what you know, are you I mean, about? everybody's they, scared of ghosts, but I'm, you know, I don't. They can possess things. They can move no, shit. We're not talking about ghosts. We're not. Those are demons. They possess <sighs> stuff. I mean, a ghost can be a demon. Isn't? Well, maybe this one's Casper. Yeah, well, uh, well, yeah. If every fucking ghost is Casper, then it's probably going to be the easier choice than living in isolation. I on mean, the moon. no, I'm not going to go. I mean, how long lo- do you think you could survive in total isolation? Not too long. No, you think you'd go crazy? Yeah, it uh, it's pretty well documented that people, you know, lose their shit when you put them in isolation. I don't know how long it takes, but yeah, we're social creatures. Of course, I just heard like some news where they found somebody that was isolated for like 30 years or something ridiculous. Damn. I would love to hear what his memoir is like. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he wrote a bestseller in those those 30 years. Who knows? 30 years of solitude. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good uh, title for the book. (laughs) It's, uh, I think I'm kind of biting on... uh, Hundred years of solitude. Yeah. But it's okay. okay. Got it. All right. Would you rather love someone who will never love you back and remain celibate until they love you, or lose all your money to someone who cheats on you? So <laughs> lose all of my money. To someone who cheats. So let's say in the hypothetical, our mother cheats on you and then takes all your money, which is apparently what happened to Aiko or Eco, Aiko. Yeah, which is the reason why I did that. Or you love someone who will never love you back, like Chioko, and remain celibate. Who I have a question about that uh, later. <laughs> and remain celibate, or lose all your money. Wow, this is a tough one. It's I mean, one is a one-time thing, and one is a thing for life. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to, I mean, geez, I don't want to be celibate <laughs> my whole damn life. <laughs> I'd rather lose my money than not yeah. fuck. Are yeah. you kidding me? No, yeah, no, it, that's that's pretty easy. I mean, you know, you could lose all your money, but then gain it back. So, yeah, you know. A rags to riches. Yeah. Perfect. How every good porn story starts. <laughs> all right. Our last would you rather. Would you rather have a face covered in scars or be forced to wear clothes from an anachronistic era everywhere you go, and it's an expensive habit. So it's not like you're just supplied the clothes, but you have to, you're forced to buy yourself outfits from different eras. So basically, I'm in cosplay. <laughs> uh, it could be. Yeah, you could be in cosplay. Oh, wow. Covered in scars. So either you're a furry or you have a, you have a, a bad burn. <laughs> wow yeah I, I don't want to because I don't even want to think about getting those scars to begin with so um, let's uh, 
Let's go with the uh, wear the clothes. The anachronistic. Yeah. Thing. That's fair. I mean, nowadays, I don't think people would look at me that strangely. Honestly, that's probably how you would be getting famous on the internet is being the the older dude who cosplays. Yeah. <laughs> and some See, the internet lets you get away with everything. You could just always say, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm on YouTube. This it's is just my a thing. bit. Yeah. I just fucking left my family and moved to LA for a bit that I started on the internet. It's not a big deal. I could go back to my family anytime I wanted to. <laughs> speaking of families, speaking of future scenarios, maybe let's play a little Ghibli all grown up. Dad, have you put any thought to any potential sequels? Maybe just a continuation of the life of Chiyoko or any of the characters uh, as they proceed into the new world. Yeah, I was, um, for some reason, I was having trouble coming up with some scenarios. But <laughs> so I went with the, the far-fetched ones. Because um, when I'm looking at Jenya, is that his mm-hmm. name? Jen, Jenya? Yeah. China? <laughs> China. Uh, I think he's sort of, oh, hold on. He looks sort of like um, Dr. Uh, Tokida's uh father (laughs) oh from paprika yeah that's funny so oh keep going okay so you know he he's he's he doesn't really talk to his son a whole lot but he you know he finds out about the uh the fact (laughs) another bad parent yeah because he he basically just holed up watching you know old film of his uh you know he's pining over uh Chiyoko. Yeah, Chiyoko. But anyway. Oh, that's where that's where he got the obsession with film. Yes. This is dead lusting. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> anyways, he you know, he finds out about the uh that he's working, you know, he hears about the DC mini mm-hmm. and he contacts him and he uh because he knows he's gonna have this interview with um with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, he asked him if he can, you know, make a device that can download all of her memories because he wants to, you know, relive, you know, her, her, the, her films and so forth. So uh-huh. he, he, he gets the device and he, you know, before she ends up dying, he puts this, you know, DC mini that's able to take all of her, her memories. You know, memories and uh he then you know she dies uh, you know and and he takes the uh the dc mini and he starts replaying you know and he's sitting in his room all the time replaying these memories and of course then an earthquake comes and he uh dies in the earthquake (laughs) (laughs) And the key gets what know. a laborious way to get to this point where this man dies in an yeah, earthquake. Yeah. And but the key, you know, he somehow she gives him the key, or she, you know, she dies and he ends up taking the key. And this key mm-hmm. has, you know, these it's some kind of talisman. It has this power that or not a power, but it anybody that comes in contact with it, mm-hmm. you know, has all of a sudden this you know they have to uh they fall in love with some particular person oh. internal love that they it's like sisterhood know, they, of the traveling pants but with a key 
<laughs> so, and, and then that, this then goes into my whole, um, this later comes up in my, uh, where I think they should, you know, create a Netflix, uh, 10 episode series that's going to be based on the key. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're just straight up ripping off the rewatchables now. We're not <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I, I no, I think well, let's I'm just, kidding. Go I'm ahead. Kidding. No, go ahead. I'll explain later. I'll I'll just get mine out of the way. I had two possible scenarios for how this is going to play out and mine is also kind of trying to figure out how to capitalize on Chioko as some sort of weird uh virtual person but after chiyoko's death genya is delighted to discover that with her dying words she changed her will and testament and bestowed genya the keys to her lucrative estate with nothing but good intentions for the woman he loves genya tries to find a way to bring back uh chiyoko to life years later as technology progresses netflix technologists approach genya about using chiyoko's likeness for what would be a Cortana-type AI figure becoming the go-to CGI actress and the new era of using dead CGI actors in new roles. This eventually devolves into a Sorkin courtroom drama where the hair-lipped housekeeper tries to fight for the integrity of Chioko as Genya sells her likeness away. And eventually the AI gains sentience and starts cyberdating some sort of celebrity, maybe a Harry Styles type. I haven't really nailed down all the beat points of this whether it be a story or just the actual reality of the situation. Wow. But that's, that's, that's nice. I like that. Uh, I'm trying to at least put her into a, a place where she can live on as a character in a film, hopefully searching for something new. My secondary scenario was that Genya is going to start a series like catfish where he tries to track down hidden recluses and interview them. I'm talking about him finding Thomas Pinchon, uh, Asada Shakur in Cuba, Edward Snowden, Cormac McCarthy, Bill Watterson, Lauren Hill, maybe Tupac. Maybe Genya is just tracking down Tupac that he's actually alive. Wow. This is an animation. Who Anything could happen. Tupac could be alive if he's not already, you know, living somewhere in a, in a nice little island somewhere. Oh, yeah. I can't. Uh, I like that scenario. Tupac perfect, comes perfect. back. <laughs> long live tupac speaking of all-time greats we're trying to put this shit on the rushmore we have a a couple of you know rock solid categories and even where we're going to be revisiting one because this seems to be making a play uh let's start off with best movie runners does chioko beat out tom hanks as forrest gump and forrest gump franca potenti in Run, Lola, Run. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Tom Cruise in any of his movies. I'm just giving him kind of free range to pick whatever if he was going to be arguing the case himself. And Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Running Man. I have a few honorable mentions. I have the, uh, the childhood cast of Stand By Me. Keanu Reeves in Point Break. Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love. Billy Crystal as Harry when Harry met Sally. Uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez in The Sandlot and Greta Gerwig and Francis Ha. Dad, does Chioko, with her dainty little run, get on to the Rushmore of best movie runners? No, I can't. Uh, I can't put her up there. No. No. 
Forest. She might Gump. be on the honorable mentions for me. I don't know. Really? Running is a pretty prominent part of her character. That's true. Some of these are only kind of like momentary. We're like Greta Gerwig and Frances Ha is just a scene where she runs through New York, and I included it for that reason. But, you know, this girl is running this whole movie. So. Yes. Very uh, dramatically, also. Yeah. <laughs> like your I, life depended on it. Yeah. But no, I, I'm not going to put her up there. But uh, maybe you are. Uh, you know, I'll 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 put her in the pool. Yeah, I mean, if you you know, you could definitely. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Running Man. I'm not saying she's getting on the Rushmore itself. I'm saying on the honorable mentions that I'll I'll throw her in the pool, and maybe time will tell. Millennial actress will be the the runner of the millennia. I don't even know what Run Lola Run was. That that's a good movie. You should watch that. Uh, it's a uh, foreign film i can't tell you what country <laughs> but it's pretty good okay we have our second rushmore worst movie cops does the man with the scar the scumbag who killed the love of chioko beat out harvey Keitel and bad lieutenant matt damon in the departed gary oldman in leon the professional or denzel washington in training day a couple honorable mentions the entire police unit in the dark knight rises who get themselves trapped underground like a bunch of idiots. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop, Keanu Reeves as Johnny Utah in Point Break, and the Nicolas Cage variant of Bad Lieutenant. Dad, does the man with the scar <laughs> the beat Nicolas out? Nicolas Cage variant? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how you want to address him. Okay. He's like the artist formerly known as Prince. He's the, the Nick Cage variant. Yeah, I wouldn't put him in on the Rushmore, um, but you know we can include him in the uh, honorable mentions. I think I wouldn't even give him that. I mean, of all the people I didn't actually include in the honorable mentions, I don't think the the man with the scar. I don't know enough of the bad stuff he does. I guess is the problem. Right. He yeah. He just shows up at key points and yeah. Says he killed one person. I mean, I'm sure he killed other people, but come on. Some of these right. guys are bastards. Nicholas Cage is involved. You can't fucking <laughs> look him in the eye and say the man with the scar is the same. I love the Harvey Keitel and Bad Lieutenant. That's that's a good movie. Never Harvey Keitel. Uh, no, I haven't, which is hilarious. That's the thing that, oh my God, I'm such a dilettante was the problem is I make these lists and I don't know any of the movies. <laughs> Uh, this is a dumb category that I made that I don't even know if I want to kind of, I'll just run through it. Best biopics <laughs> just because it was filmed in such a way. Does millennial actress beat out the social network Amadeus Schindler's list or Malcolm X? And I'm not even going to read the honorable mentions. I don't want to do this one. I feel embarrassed. Yeah. We'll skip that one. Fine. Perfect. <laughs> uh, best love stories where they don't end up together. Does millennial this is actress, the one that you I had, I was going to come up with and then I snagged it from you. Yeah, it came to me in a dream. I I hadn't had it fully formed, but it came around. Uh, does millennial actress beat out Titanic by James Cameron in the mood for love by Wong Kar Wai, uh, Annie Hall by Woody Allen or La La Land by Damien Chazelle? And there's a few honorable mentions. I had 500 Days of Summer. Chasing Amy, Lost in Translation, and Celeste and Jesse Forever. Does Millennial Actress beat out 
any of our Rushmore picks? I actually think it does. I think it belongs up on the Rushmore. Who are you taking out? Um, Annie Hall, Woody Allen. Never Fuck liked Woody him. Allen. Yeah, yeah, never dude. Liked him. <laughs> Hell yeah, we get to we get to knock off an abuser. Love that. We have a uh, oh, we got. I guess yeah, two more. We have one where we're actually revisiting a previous. A previous Rushmore. Yes. Where we're questioning whether the key is going to make it onto the best cinematic MacGuffin Rushmore. And the previous entries were The Ring from The Lord of the Rings, The Horcruxes from Harry Potter, The Infinity Stones from the MCU, and The Ark of the Covenant from Indiana Jones. I'm not going to read the honorable mentions. Dad, is the key getting onto the best cinematic MacGuffin? I'm putting the key up there. Holy shit. Yeah. Who are you taking off? I'm taking off the Horcruxes. Wow. Fuck J.K. Rowling. Yep. Yeah. I, <laughs> because I didn't know what the hell they were before, and I'm just trying to piss off the Harry Potter fans. Whoa. Wow. This is, this is our most dangerous day. Yeah. We're actually asking for it now. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's try to get out of this thing with our fucking you know our lives okay so we'll read this last one and run out with our tails between our legs best scare scarred excuse me best scarred villain does the man with the scar beat out tony montana from scarface dr evil from austin powers joker from the dark knight or kylo ren from star wars and a few honorable mentions scar from the lion king uh Miles Quaritch from Avatar, um, who was the colonel in yeah. that movie, and uh, Thanos from Avengers Infinity War. And right off the bat, this was actually one that you had compiled. I, I can in good conscience not put the person whose name is Scar on the Rushmore. I'm going to bump down Kylo Ren <laughs> right away. Yeah, because he doesn't have a Scar to start right he gets the scar he um, does get the scar afterwards yes right so we're shuffling that a little bit <laughs> the scar but uh yeah i i can see that i think that's disrespectful to not <laughs> put the guy whose fucking name is scar on the best scarred villains does the man with the scar get on the rush for dad no does he, even he come doesn't close? no yeah. but I thought we we would uh, bring up his uh, this you know for the best guard villain. I liked it. Great, great. What the hell I'm glad we were able about? to bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good category. It really was. It I when I saw it, I was like, "Fuck, I should have thought of that." <laughs> but nevertheless, we're rounding out this uh, this podcast. We're trying to put this movie to life put it onto the big screen, the little screen. We're trying to get that live action Netflix recast. Dad, have you put any thought into who you might want to put at the helm of a millennial actress remake? Who would you like as your director? Well, let me just start off by saying no. Um, I would not want um, Michael Bay. <laughs> okay. Thanks for clearing the air. Things were murky and unsure. 
No, he he won't come into the picture. But um, it's funny because you, um, I see that you have um, Zemeckis, and uh-huh. that's exactly what I was thinking for this. Because of Forrest Gump. Yeah, Forrest Gump, <laughs> and also because he did uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I'm almost thinking this could be some weird, like, sort of Ooh. combination of animation and uh, live action combination type thing. That's a fun idea. Yeah. It would definitely that, just continue to blur the line. Yeah. And then I, I, I was thinking David Lynch, only because somebody brought up the fact when I was reading on the internet that this uh, millennial actress was, uh, you know, basically Mulholland Drive. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, I, I, that's a good association. So... Um, not that, uh, I think David Lynch would want to do something like this, but you never want to count on David Lynch. He seems to always be one to surprise. Yeah. Did you, uh, put any thought into your Chioko? Yeah. That first I was thinking Natalie Portman, Natalie Portman, start her out young. Then you get her all the way to the, the older. Yeah. Day. And then just CGI or, or whatever, make her old. That would be fun. You know, I'm, I'm a big Natalie Portman. I know we've had our ups and downs on this podcast when I called her out for her despicable behavior in Closer. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm willing to give Portman another chance. I had such a fucking... I mean, if anybody could ever see these Word documents that we use, I'm all over the place. Because my first pick was um, Liu... Yefi, it's L I U Y I F E I. I'm so sorry. It's the the actress who played Mulan. Uh, yeah, I thought she would just be a good pick. You know, she's got the the Disney pedigree, so she'd at least be able to step into a role like this. Hopefully, maybe get a little buzz for herself. In terms of a weird casting, I had uh, Anya Taylor Joy, who is in Queen's Gambit split witch she just looks like alita battle angel who is essentially i mean she is an anime girl so why not just throwing it at the wall i'm really this was where i said i was going to explain myself because a lot of these picks come down to more of like a vibe i'm really going for the energy of the character because a lot of these people i can't properly cast uh another person i had for maybe the old was a uh, old Anna May Wong, Shanghai Express, the toll of the sea Piccadilly. She was like the Sue, like the first uh, super famous Asian actress. So try to throw somebody into uh, one of the, when a movie is so much about Japanese movie history, we might as well try to get the biggest star in an older role. Uh, another option for the older Chiyoko would just be Lucy Liu, which actually might be, Something that I forgot to mention now that I think about it in my uh, my takeaways. But what I wanted to say before is, is you know, you shouldn't feel bad about having hots for grandma. And if you're going to have Lucy Liu <laughs> as the, the hot older Chioko, then, you know, that, that would be twi- quite the transformation to get only more beautiful as you hit your 70s. Uh, or I just had this, this crazy vision of uh, Catherine O'Hara, who plays the mom in Schitt's Creek. I think that's just such a weird old woman character that uh, I would love her to just be the eccentric 
older Chioko, who is obviously a crackpot living in the woods. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a crazy pick there. Did you put any thought into your Genya? Your Genya Tachibana? Yeah. Um, <laughs> seems like Josh Brolin comes up a lot. and uh, Brolin's a staple. Yeah. But he sort of looks like him. Well, he just had, I mean, he had the flat top in Inherent Vice. So I've seen him have that haircut before. Right. But he's just got one of those faces. <laughs> so I don't blame you. He's maybe a little thicker. Kenya's a little bit of a, a chunkier man. So Brolin might have to start hitting the Haggadahs. But yeah, that's why I had a hard time picking him. I couldn't find anybody that sort of, you know, got a little overweight and. Of course, Kevin Smith. I see your pick is Kevin Smith. Yeah, which is the opposite of the weight problem, where he's just gotten very, very thin. Yeah, another so maybe example of the overweight <laughs> actor or director that's decided to uh, get healthy. Well, I think there was something where he was like gonna die if he didn't. Yeah, he had yeah. some kind of a heart condition, and. Um, much like our character Genya, his heart condition of <laughs> loving this woman. He went over it in a, in a, um, in a Joe Rogan podcast. He talked uh-huh. about it. I mean, he literally was on the table. And he, he was like, they're saying, hey, there's you know, a good chance you might not come out of this. And Shit. he thought he was going to, it was over, but obviously he got through it. Now good he smokes Kevin, like pot, like crazily. Hey, I mean, it's one or the other. We all have our addictions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who did you have as your Kyoji? Because I actually like this pick. Yeah, I came up with uh, Joe Carey. The, um, he's in Stranger Things. Yes, dude. And his hair just nails it. <laughs> I think when I saw that just now, because I hadn't looked at your picks, I was, I was blown away. Joe Carey would be such a fun pick. Uh, I had Adam Driver, who, you know, Kyoji is the character who is the most in the know or is at least the most aware that things are kind of weird. I think Adam Driver would be able to deliver that, uh, that deadpan energy. He kind of looks Kyoji-esque. He doesn't have the, the lighter hair, but I think either or would be a pretty solid pick. Yeah, I like that. Who did you have as your Aiko? Um, I picked Lena Headley, which she, I think is a pretty good pick. Yeah. The, uh, the energy is definitely there, which is how I had picked it as well, where I'm just like me, lady energy, somebody who has like the capability of just being nasty. Uh, from what I understand, Sarah Paulson is a very nice woman. She has mean lady energy. Same thing with Rosamund Pike. <laughs> I sound like a little kid. <laughs> He's yeah. like, she's got me lady energy. Yeah. Um, I also had uh, Catherine Heigl from the top rope. If she just wants to step in, just be a fucking bitch to everyone on stage or on the, uh, on the set. Yeah, just I like that. Scene that I, I think that's what she'd get her money for. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I, you have a, a very famous pick for your very minor Mino. Uh, yes. Who is your Mino? <laughs> Judy Dench. <laughs> you got Jame uh, James Judy Jedge. Dame Judy Dench is going to come in and be your Mino. I know. She's not going to play this role, but whatever. 
Do you think Rosie O'Donnell is going to step in and want to play? No, I don't think so. You don't I think mean, so? The 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 Empire of Rosie O'Donnell would want to take a part yeah. in this film. I mean, all she does is come in and serve tea. I mean, she doesn't even. I don't think she doesn't have any lines. She's she talks a little. She says, "Madam." Uh, oh, does she? she says some other shit. I don't know. Wow, I don't even remember her saying anything. Of course, hey, people have gotten Oscar nods for less. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, so I did you put any thought into your man with the the key and the man with the scar? No, I didn't because he was such a like you really didn't see him that. I think there was only one scene where they actually showed his face, right? Mm-hmm. But no, I like uh, this. I like your pick. Well, you know, as I've learned as being a, a resident of the internet that Steven Yoon is the only man that all women of any color will simp for. So I, I completely understand that he would be the person you'd be chasing across, uh, you know, the continents looking for this guy. So, yeah. well, then he's the perfect pick. Maybe the, the key isn't the only thing there she's looking for, you know, uh, <laughs> for my, uh, man with the scar, I had Daniel day Kim who, played Jin and lost and he's in a bunch of other stuff but you know whenever you see daniel day kim come onto a come onto a scene he's just part of the not fucking around crew there's just something about him you're just like wow this dude could kick yeah, my ass right and i think he he shares the the vibe of the man with a scar something about it you're like this guy is gonna cause me a lot of trouble in my life if i don't follow along well just looking at him i mean he He's like the perfect pick for that that role. I'm glad I mean, you liked it. I, that's why I didn't even attempt it because mine would have been lame. <laughs> why even try when Daniel yeah. Day Kim is not yeah. fucking around? No. Dad, it's that time of the podcast. Well, wait a minute. I want to talk about this whole, you know, live action thing because, you know, I mean, obviously we're having fun with it, but you just can't do this movie you know this is a this is a you know the the whole the thing is so um rich with japanese imagery and mm-hmm. you know period stuff i don't think you can you know it would have to be all, an all japanese cast and yeah. uh, that's why i was sort of coming up with the the netflix series and apologies to rewatchables i'm not trying to steal from them but at the same point it's uh, like I could see where you could just take the uh, the idea of this movie in a sense. And the whole th- the key would be uh, the key is the key um, <laughs> where this key always shows up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And you could have this whole like every episode is like a different time period where this key keeps coming into play where somebody finds the key. And then there's this whole, you know love they basically you know start it's like an anthology type of thing yeah and you know all of a sudden an earthquake comes and the key gets lost and then it gets found again it's like something that keeps going through the centuries that just keeps being found and they just keep using this key as this macguffin to uh tell a story of love that's a that's not a bad idea yeah 
Well, it's something we consider we can consider uh, with the live action Netflix recast. It ne- doesn't necessarily have to be a movie, but it's more of a project. Either it could be a series or a movie. Right. It's just it needs the it needs the cast. Oh, yeah. I guess the all Japanese cast is always what you would hope for <laughs> in uh, in a recasting of something like this. Right. But we're we're a couple of ding dongs, and that's yeah. not, it's a little harder. But this one to <laughs> me seemed like it would just be it would be totally wrong. Where I can see other ones, you can just sort of say, okay, yeah, you can make a, you know, and I'll, you know, whitewash the cast. I don't know if you can ever do that, really, if we would, you know. No, you know, you're not supposed to. No. <laughs> you're definitely not supposed to. <laughs> We're probably going to take shit forever for that, but whatever. I mean, we address it, you know, we, we apologize, like, yeah. every uh, every just Yeah, it. we're just having fun with the, uh, trying to imagine different uh actors and so forth that would we can't dig ourselves too much into a hole here we have to kind of bear bear our sins if we've committed them at this right. point although you the know actually the uh the live action recast <laughs> oh christ oh god it's too soon okay dad do you have uh any questions for the director on your last call well at first i was trying to f- figure out they went to the moon and then mm-hmm. they left the moon is that what happened what are you talking about? Well, I, I, at first she, you know, she ends up going to the moon and, you know, they follow her there, you know, you see, but then it shows her leaving the moon. And I, at first I, I didn't understand. I, I was like confused by like, Oh, wait a minute. I thought they went to the moon, but then the, I don't think they ever went to the moon. I think that was a movie. Well, I mean, <laughs> technically they didn't go to the moon, but that was the impression. But then they end up launching from the moon. Oh, um, I don't know. I, I don't really. Because initially she, she leaves, you know, she gets in the rocket and then there's a, you know, an actor that portrays the, you know, the fact like, oh, well, you know, don't leave and I'm in love with you type of thing. But then. Uh-huh when she finally leaves again then it's um kenya yeah kenya um who then takes that part you know what i'm saying yeah. he he puts himself into it and then she's blasts off from the moon right is that i think what that is just i mean the if we're continuing the metaphor it's probably just uh her dying essentially and them being there for that process happening right i i mean that's the only way that i can kind of interpreted at the moment uh i had a couple of questions if you didn't have any more go ahead why didn't she just ask this dude's name at the very least let, make it a little easy on yourself I, I also just how many times exactly did she meet this guy because it's kind of confusing with because i kept trying to use the ring uh the key as the the memento or the the totem like an inception where like you see it and you kind of know that it's the real world. I kept seeing the, the, the key and I'm like, all right, well, this is real or this is not real because she doesn't have it. But then it got a little blurry for me. And I'm under the impression that she only met the guy once. It was just the guy met him one time. And then all the other stuff was just projection or storylines in her movies and stuff like that. So I, I would love to know how many times she actually met him. Why she just didn't ask his name. Uh, and is she, was she like a 40 year old virgin? No. Because no? she gets married. 
But right. I, that's what I'm talking about. She might be like 40 years old at that point. Oh. Well, yeah, she probably was. <laughs> Who knew that Chiyoko was an incel too? <laughs> it all comes back around. Well, we're at Notes on Arata. Is there anything we want to apologize for? Anything we feel guilty about? What the heck did we have in the last... I. I'm sure. I mean, I guess we just have to apologize for whitewashing all the time. Yeah. Being bad at casting fake movies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's half the podcast. What do you want to give uh, your wine rating? This is another wine that I give my highest rating. Um, it was also probably one of the more expensive wines that I've brought to the show, but. Hey. When you have your favorite movie playing, you might as well be drinking yeah. your favorite drink. Yeah, exactly. I, I I had to, you know, break out the, the bucks for this one. How about you? Did you give it a high? I mean, what oh, was your rating? my rating? Uh, uh, no, I, I have to give it 10 years of solitude out of 10. Cause wow. Nice rating, yeah. That's great. I had 25 years of solitude out of 30. So it was very high. My menage a trois. I don't even know if I said what I was drinking. I feel like everything I said at the beginning, the podcast has just been lost to me now. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a different person. I don't even feel the same. Yeah. You didn't even let me say hello. <laughs> yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I don't even know what's going on anymore. Well, that's what happens when we do these remote ones. The Zoom calls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it didn't help that I fucking walked into this room trashed well it didn't help that my wife called me in the middle of it too those pesky or your mother <laughs> mom mom Screw well, thank up. you <laughs> well thank you everybody so much for listening we'll be back next week drive safe don't drink a drive uh chase after the woman you love man you love the thrill of chase yeah Find somebody you. you like chasing after. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. All right. Bye-bye.